Hello and welcome to the eighth episode of my podcast series entitled Just Jackie. In this podcast series we look at me, my life, the people I've met and the situations I've encountered along the way. In my life I've learned many things previously unknown to me. By retelling my story, perhaps you may pick up something large or small that may help you along your own way. So I invite you to grab a drink, get cosy, settle down and listen in. I've had an interesting love life and I use the word love here in its loosest sense. Looking back over the years, I've come to see that the only true love relationship I've had was with my son's father. We fell in love, despite me saying I never would. We got married, despite me saying I never would. And we had our lovely, lovely son. We were together for 20 years or more, 20 ordinary years. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean that it was a simple relationship of contentment, of mutual respect and of love. Since it ended 20 years ago, I seem to return to a pattern of choosing one disordered individual to another, although at the time I truly didn't know it. I just knew there was something very, very wrong. And as all my partners seemed to be so lovely with everyone else, I assumed it was me. It had to be. It took me until two and a half years ago when my eyes were brutally opened and only then through therapy and PTSD counselling did I come to see the truth of it. And the truth was the choices that I had made. It took me a long time to lose my innocence thinking that everyone, no matter how damaged, could be helped with a cup of tea, a hug and a lot of love. I thought I was deeply in love with all of these men, the last of whom I truly believed was my soulmate, and I loved him with everything that I had. It was everything I'd ever wanted in a partner. It was only during the support I received after we separated that I came to see that the reason I loved him so very much and the reason I believed I had finally met my soulmate was that he had absorbed all my wonderful qualities that I freely gave to him and he mirrored them back to me. The person I actually fell in love with was myself. The family protection officer who worked with me for months got me to see this and so many other things too. She said it was in a way a backhand compliment and I should should see it as such, getting to see myself mirrored back. It didn't feel like it at the time, but I did come to see it and it gave me an insight into my own worth at a time when I struggled to see it for myself. She told me that educating myself and taking advantage of the many sources of support was the best thing I could do and she was right. I threw myself into the whole lot. I felt compelled to do so. I read, I studied, I immersed myself in the topic of cluster B personality disorders. I didn't know when to stop. 
for months and months. That and the therapy were all I did, apart from just getting through. When I asked how long this would go on for, how long would I be studying this, she replied that one day I'd wake up and I'd be done. And that's exactly what happened. One day I woke up, I looked on Quora, a marvellous online resource for answers on any topic. And I read for the millionth time about somebody else's experiences and I thought, that's it. I've had enough. I'm done. I'm full. I know enough. And it was. And I did. A dear friend who had been going through a similar relationship to mine once told me that we go from thinking we're going to spend the rest of our lives with our soulmate to instead waking up one day finding ourselves with a master's degree in cluster B personality disorders. She was so right. It is a fascinating subject, unless of course you find yourself waking up next to one every day. One of the most fascinating things is that they all do the same. In different ways, of course, but it's almost as if someone had written a handbook for abusers because they all follow the same patterns. They all have the same traits. And once you recognise them, it is easy to spot and it's also easy to help other survivors as it's all so familiar. And helping other survivors is just one of the wonderful roles I have today. And I'm so very thankful for it. And I'm also thankful for the whole experience because without it, I truly wouldn't be where I am today. And this is where I need to be. But I knew nothing of this then. I had to educate myself, but I also had to learn a lot about myself. Why I attracted these individuals, why I ignored the red flags and why I was unable to make boundaries and to stick to them. It was a long process, a painful but necessary process. It took me back to my own childhood to see where the pattern had begun. And that too was so very painful as the realisation hit that my own childhood had not just been physically but also emotionally abusive. I will never forget the session I had when it hit me just how bad it had been and all the years of normalisation dropped away and I saw only the truth of it. We're attracted to what is familiar and boy was I attracted to the familiar. But no more. It's two and a half years since my eyes were first opened and it's taken me until now before I've even begun to give any thought to the possibility of a new relationship with a man. It's taken me that long to truly heal and to know myself and know others well enough to know what I deserve, what I'm prepared to accept and what I am not. I spend a lot of time alone and I'm entirely comfortable with it. I enjoy my solitude. I have a small group of trusted friends and my life is, well, it's pretty good. But recently I've wondered if it's time to put the intention out there dip my toe in the tentative waters of men. I like men. I love men. I love their energy. I love their humour. I like being around them. And I kind of miss them. <laughs> but where to begin? Not going out much doesn't help. 
And so a friend suggested I say yes to everything. If it's an invitation for a coffee or a walk, look upon it as a date. And who knows, it might be. This is all very foreign to me, this dating thing. I was talking to Melissa last week, my now telephone friend, who I connected with in England on my first travelling trip. The one who drove down to meet me in Portugal in one day. It was during that conversation when I had the realisation that I've never actually been out on a real, proper date. Not since high school, when we'd meet up at a cafe for a plate of chips and a glass of iron brew and a fumbly kiss before the last bus home. That was my dating experience. Not one date, Mrs P. She's the only person in the world who I allow to call me Mrs P, which is just as well because she calls it me constantly. And no, I had to admit that no, I've never actually been on a proper date. So how did you get together with all these previous then without going on a date? And I had to admit on reflection that I just seemed to meet them. And before I knew where I was, they'd moved in. And then, for some reason, on some occasions, I married them. No date required, obviously. And as often happens when you put the intention out there, out of the blue, a couple of weeks ago, an old friend contacted me and asked would I like to catch up. We'd been friends for years, but he disappeared, as did many others, when I got together with my last partner. It must have been 13 years or more since we'd last met. I hadn't been romantically inclined toward him before, but time had passed and hey, who knew? So I agreed to meet for a coffee to catch up. It wasn't a date in the true sense of the word, but I decided to treat it as one. And I took care getting ready. I looked pretty good before I left. So good that I decided to take a picture of myself and send it to another male friend, my very best male friend, In fact, my most cherished male friend. He's totally committed to another beautiful soul, so he's completely out of the running. We chatted, probably too long, about how gorgeous I looked. And after him wishing me luck, I set off late, very late. I tried to make up for time, but I failed. And by the time I arrived at the coffee shop, I was 15 minutes late. I spotted him. And as I walked toward him, I put up my hands and I said very sincerely, I am so sorry I'm late. I am so very sorry. And he said, well, I thought I'd been stood up. So I've contacted another female friend and she's on her way over. I think you'll like her. She's really lovely. (laughs) And as it happened, I did. I liked her loads, but I didn't expect to move from a standing start to a threesome quite so soon, it has to be said. I'm meeting her again, not him, not in a dating sense anyway. So there's the first thing. Don't be late for a date, Jack. It's hugely disrespectful. And if he had been 15 minutes late, well. I'm not exactly inundated with more requests. I think me going out really doesn't help. What I would like is for a lovely man just to turn up at the door, but apparently, according to Melissa, that's unlikely to happen. So I just potter through my life having a lovely time alone, 
and that's cool too. I'm not a huge fan of social media, but I do love my Instagram account. I've met some lovely people through Instagram and I've learned lots about humanity and also about myself. When I first joined, I decided to stay completely anonymous. And so I had to think up a name that no one would recognise. I decided to use an old childhood nickname, taking my surname of Horn and adding Beagle, for that was my childhood nickname, Horny Beagle. I was inundated with requests, all from men. I couldn't believe it. And not just requests, pictures too. I contacted the friend who had suggested Instagram as a platform for me and told her about all these sleazeballs on there and she couldn't understand it either. She had a completely and utterly different experience until she asked me what name I used and apparently horny isn't the name to use if you don't want male attention. Who knew? I changed my name. I use my own name now. I'm not going to be anonymous anymore. I get a lot of new followers. Lots of them are men. On average, each day I get about five or six new male followers. I still think it's something to do with my username beginning with Miss. Perhaps they see me as some dominatrix type in high heels. And my surname of Horn probably doesn't help. Like the Cluster B crew, these guys all look the same too. Same profiles, same photos, same format. You can spot them a mile off. In the beginning, I'd accept them, and in a day or so later, I'd get a message saying, Hi, how are you doing? At one point, I had about 20 of these messages sitting there, all saying, Hi, how are you doing? Perhaps there's a handbook for creepy followers too. Now I just block them. I have a block list of 400 plus of these men. The creepy Stepford men, I call them. At one time, I might have felt guilty. Now I just protect myself from creeps. No guilt, no shame. Healthy-like. That doesn't mean I don't have men followers. I have a few, and they are adorable. I follow them too, and they teach me so much, even without knowing that they do. There's one guy who lives locally, and he spends a lot of time walking outdoors in all the places I used to walk before I lost my confidence to do so. I'm working on that. But in the meantime, I live kind of vicariously through him. We get on. And last week, I invited him for a coffee. Get me, all modern. He's accepted, and I'm waiting for him to come back with a time. He might not, and that's okay too. But I made the mistake of telling my friend Melissa about it. And she's gone all date agony ant on me. I had no idea there was so much to it these days. Here's what I have to do. Whatever you do, Mrs P, meet somewhere that isn't your town. Meet somewhere where you can be anonymous. Now, on an island 30 miles by 10 miles, and where everyone knows you, that is kind of hard. Don't dress up, go casual. No makeup. If you like him, if he likes you, Save the best for later. Fair enough. And watch how he treats the staff in the coffee shop. Is he polite? Does he leave litter on the table? If he does, he's dead to you. Dead, Mrs P. 
I was okay with some of this, but then she seemed to drift off into a completely different world and one I wasn't expecting. Shopping trolleys, she said. Tropping, shopping trolleys are the litmus test of dating. If they don't put the shopping trolleys away, then dump them. Anyone who doesn't respect the trolley collectors enough not to put the trolley back isn't worth dating. If he doesn't put the trolley back, then he's dead to you. Yeah. And arrange a Zoom call. Check out their place for clues. Dirty clothes lying around? Washing not put away? What have they got up on their walls? Zoom in. Have a good look. It's all clues, Mrs P. It's all clues. I had no idea of any of this. Is this really what the young ones do to secure a decent date? Is this why I've attracted and kept so many disordered individuals? Because I didn't take them to Tesco's to check on their trolley behaviour? Anyway, my Instagram man hasn't come back to me with a date and a time for coffee. And if he should chance upon this podcast, I think it's unlikely he ever will. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised to learn that he's right now down at the boat ticket office buying a one-way ticket out of here. Another good man lost. Ah well, oh dear, never mind. But all said, it's good to know I'm at this stage where it doesn't actually matter. But at the same time, if someone came along, then I'm not entirely close to the idea. It's a lovely place to be. Yes. It really is. Isn't life grand? So this has been just a little more of my story. I do hope you enjoyed it. I'm off now to do some singing. Part of my ongoing project of dealing with rejection is I keep asking for things, knowing that I will very probably be denied my request. This time I emailed someone who has a band and asked if I could do some singing, never expecting that the answer would be yes. So I'm doing a set at the Blues Club locally next week. I haven't sung for a long, long time. I didn't tell him that. So I'm doing three numbers. Two I know, one I don't. So this weekend and for the next few days, there's going to be a lot of music in the house. I invite you to join me next time. Because there's more. There's always more. There's so much more. Until then, I send you love and I send you blessings.